Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Hanging with D's, episode number 40. Mm. Does that mean we're over the hill? I mean, there's episode podcasts have thousands of episodes. I know. So. It's a joke, yeah. Dick. I know. <clears throat> All right. I am, of course, your host, D's, with me as always, Dylan. You never decided if you wanted a catchy nickname. You never asked me. It's I did, a little late actually, now. in the car, but. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did when you were asking. I asked if you wanted one, and you must have tuned it out. But Oh, that happens sometimes when you talk. I mean... It's a little late now. It is, but the title, Hanging with D's, mm-hmm. technically, your D's is one of... You're one of the D's. There you go. Although, I mean, my nickname came from um, my other co-host, Aldonzo's nephew, just out of the blue one day, come out of the garage. We were getting ready to go ride four-wheelers. Like, what's up, D's? And everybody laughed, and it stuck, and that's now that's all they call me, so that's why I came up with that name. Oh, okay. So, plus, my initials are DD as well. And but yeah. anyway, yeah, anyway. brief brief history of right. why they call me D's. Anyway, <clears throat> we uh, we have quite a bit uh, stuff to talk about today. Of course, we're gonna go over um, most of week seventeen. Some of it's just not really all that necessary, but there are some big stories that we got to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about. The NFL playoffs coming up, and then we got some uh, pop culture stuff kind of coming up. Dylan finally, late last night, did his homework and watched Wonder Woman eighty four. So we'll talk about that as well. Dylan doing his homework late, it's high school all over. Again. I know, right? <laughs> some things never fucking change. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and just kick it off. Um, the breaking story of the day, of course, is the Browns losing five more. Coaches and players, three coaches, two players, including head coach Kevin Stefanski, and their uh, one of the, basically their best offensive lineman, their starting left guard, who would basically be in charge of slowing down Cam Hayward. Mm. And now he's out, and the two guys they have to replace him are a little banged up as well. So that might play into it, but we'll get into that after a bit. Um, I guess. Only way to really start it out is uh, oh we also got the Heisman coming up this week as well, mm. and according to the uh, sports books, Devonte Devon is it Devonte Devonte Smith yeah is the is the favorite, mm-hmm. which is odd because he's the only non quarterback that's not there. Yeah, but if you watched any of that Bama game, oh yeah, yeah. he was a stud, and, yeah. and so was Najee Harris, mm-hmm. who I'm starting to get a little giddy mm-hmm. because I've already seen three different. Uh, Mock drafts. Mock drafts saying that we're going to take Najee Harris. We haven't even had the combine yet, man. I know, but... Uh, yeah, 
I, I but those just like just what see- I I mean just what I've seen throughout the season, right? I would take Najee Harris in a heartbeat. Yeah. Bama running backs other than Trent Richardson obviously tend I, to do pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and Trent Richardson had all the tools. I don't know what went wrong there. He had a really good rookie year too. Yeah. I mean, he was he was Derrick Henry. Big, strong, fast. Like it looked like he was going to be that guy and then all of a sudden he just was nothing. Yeah. And within what 3 4 years something like that yeah. out of the league. Um yeah, so hopefully if we get Najee Harris, we being Pittsburgh of course. Um, he leans more towards the uh, the Derrick Henry side than the Trent Richardson side. Right. I'll even settle for a Mark Ingram. Yeah. Because he's yeah, had a pretty... He's not bad. Yeah, yeah no. He's had a pretty good career. So, uh, yeah, week week 17, of course, we had some playoff implications on the line. And first is Buffalo and Miami. And, yeah. Buff- That's impressive. Yeah. It, it started slow. Uh Miami led three nothing after the first quarter, and then Buffalo said, "Well, that's enough of that shit," right. and scored twenty eight points in the second quarter, and basically, and then twenty one in the fourth. Fifty six points they hung on that uh, highly touted Miami defense right. and get to win fifty six twenty six. Tua had a decent game uh, through fifty eight passes, but. Uh, when, when you find yourself down 28 to six at halftime, that's, I mean, you have to throw the ball. Right. And uh, yeah, they just, they were outmatched and wow. Buffalo's they're looking really strong. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to admit I've, for obvious reasons to you, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the bills. Yeah. My mom yeah. is a bills fan. So I am liking this, but at the same time, it terrifies the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> because Pittsburgh's probably have to play them in the yeah. second round. So. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, then we had Ravens versus the Bengals. Ravens basically had one one thing: win, and they're in, and win. They won big, thirty-eight to three. Uh, they rushed for a ridiculous amount of yards in that game. Wasn't, wasn't it close to four hundred or something total? That sounds right. Yeah. Uh yeah, so their their run game's on point. Of course, it was the Bengals, and they are still the Bengals. Yeah, um, they're but, back to being the Bungles. Yeah, yeah, but so so Ravens win, they get in. Um, I'm gonna save that one for obvious. reasons. <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah, uh, Vikings Lions meaningless game for just about everybody except for one certain host of one certain podcast who told you motherfuckers that Marvin Jones Jr. is a godsend and because he had eight catches 180 yards and two touchdowns I pulled off the improbable upset and won my fantasy football championship thank you Marvin Jones Jr. congratulations I mean no 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 that that's a hell of a guy game. like I said the guy just produces and and I also, that was the team I told you about. I had Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger were my two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins just happened to be hanging out there. Mm. And he only threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. So he played a little bit of a, a factor. I also had Derrick Henry. That helps. So. But this guy had Russell Wilson, Stephon Diggs, um, Brandon Cooks. I mean, he was loaded. Right. Uh, Mike Evans, who went down with injury and, and really helped my cause. Um, I also had Antonio Brown that I plugged in mm. because I didn't know if Jarvis Landry was going to be a full go, so I switched him out. Mm. And Antonio Brown has a big day, 
Landry had a decent day, but still Antonio had a huge day. But anyway, yeah, so a little bragging point on that game. Uh, Jets Patriots, who gives a fuck? Um, (laughs) Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Giants had to get some help. Had to win, first of all. Yeah, first off, they had to win. Both of both of those teams uh, needed help, whether it was the Cowboys or the Giants. Whoever won that game had to have Philadelphia beat Washington. Well, the Giants won. Dallas looked super shitty early on, and then New York looked super shitty late, and the game became close. Giants hang on on a uh, kind of a weird fumble situation at the end. Did you see that? Um, refresh my memory. I believe basically I it was third and short. Mm-hmm. Dallas is, I think, either out of timeouts or had one timeout left. Regardless, first down, game's over. Right. Uh, Gallman, Wayne Gallman, gets the handoff, easily gets the first down, and then punches the ball out of his own hand, just trying to. Oh, shift. I did see that. Yeah, I watched that live. And basically yeah. sat on the ball, and then the big scrum happened, and immediately. It looked like the Cowboys ripped it away from him. Right, right. And they, the refs come in, and one says Dallas, and one says New York, and the refs are like, oh, no, nope, the play was blown dead for the Giants. It's their ball. And, and everybody's like, what? Yeah. But then, of course, they looked at replay, and then they showed there was a clear shot of after, as the scrum's happening, Goldman does grab the ball, and he's bear-hugging it on, his, on the ground. No other... Cowboys even had their hand on it. Right. So they got it right. Whether you, you know, Cowboy fan or not, they got it right. Giants win. So that takes us to Sunday night, which I'll get to the other few games here in a minute, but this game directly ties in with that. Sunday night, Washington playing Philadelphia. Washington wins. They're in. They mm-hmm. win the division. Um, why wouldn't Philly want to be a spoiler here? I mean, granted, they're helping another NFC East team out, but, you know, if go out on a high note. Sure. Well, you know, why wouldn't you? Washington does not play well in that game no. at all. Alex Smith kind of struggled. Um, their defense was solid, obviously, holding the Eagles to, to 14 points, but th- the game was well within reach. And in the fourth quarter, the score was 17-14. to 14. Doug Peterson pulls Jalen Hurts for Sudfeld, I believe. Yeah, Nate Nate said Sudfeld, Sudfeld, whatever. So their third string quarterback, and I don't know if he's thrown an NFL pass. I know it's not been many if he has, but he comes no. in and looks like a third string quarterback. And you can even see on the sideline Jalen Hurts is just doesn't get like, it. What? What what the fuck? And, and I mean if that's not the tank of all tanks, I, I don't know what is. And then for him to get up on that podium afterwards and and say, I was trying to win the game, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I would uh, Was it a bullshit move? Yes. But I would at least have had some respect for you if you'd have got there and said, well, you know, if we won the game, great. But if not, we gained three draft spots. Right. You know, at least be honest with us. Don't feed me that bullshit that. You thought Nate Sudfeld, Sudfeld, whatever the fuck, gave you the best chance to win because it's just not possible. He's a statue. Mm -hmm. With Jalen Hurts against that defense, at least he he can get around, move around. Mm -hmm. In fact, he rushed for a touchdown. I believe two. Did he get two? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was the reason that you had the 14 points. And, of course, that quarterback, Sudfeld, Sudfeld, whatever, that'll be his name from now on. Sudfeld, Sudfeld. Yeah. 
If he ends up going on to like Tom Brady numbers, I will only ever call him Sudfeld, Sudfeld, whatever. That's his Sunfeld. new name. Sudfeld, yeah, that guy. Um, but yeah, you can't tell me that he was. You felt in any way, shape, or form the, you know, the chance to win that game. Giants fans were just absolutely losing their shit. Right, and I get it, but at the same time, Giants fans, um, if you guys didn't lose ten games. Wouldn't have been an issue, but yeah, that, that whole division was a joke. Either way, I mean, even non-giant people in and around the NFL was calling it a disgrace. Yeah, and it was. And a report has come out on TMZ now that a couple of Eagles defensive players had to be restrained when he pulled Jalen Jalen Hurts. I did hear about that. Yeah, and I can't say I blame him. Yeah, you know, that's what kind of message does that send? To, to the other guys on your team, to all the guys on your team. Like, you know, really? Yeah. Because they get paid to go out there and, and win and play and perform, and you're not letting them do that by not putting the best possible players on the field. Exactly. You're not in the playoffs. You don't have anything to keep people healthy for. Fucking go all out. Try to win. Whatever happens, happens. Or just from the start, put in your third team, everybody. And if... That way you can say, you know what, I'm evaluating talent and seeing what I have. Right. Well, true. Do that then. Good. I mean, but, but even that, this is a team that basically is trying to figure out anyway what they're going to do. Right. They didn't even dress Carson Wentz, which mm-hmm. I thought was odd. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think Carson Wentz is just once they told him that maybe you're not going to, you're not probably not going to play and, and you're going to be the third string or whatever. I think he was probably like, well, just demote me or right. he might have already demanded the trade and said, fuck it, I'm not playing. Sure. Um, and, and who's, you know, who could blame him? Mm-hmm. But I guess the question I have to ask now is who the fuck's going to trade for Carson Wentz with that contract number? Yeah, I... I mean, what what is it, 30, 36 million, something like that, that he's, he's due next year? Something like that. I thought I heard a report that Wentz is, he's willing to, like, remove like 20 million of that deal so that he's more tradable but it's on the condition that whoever gets traded to adds that 20 million dollars back to his contract so i mean it's the same amount of money basically making it easier for the eagles to unload him but the team that gets him has to sign him to a new deal yeah or even the same deal so it's like that well, that I mean, you're that, halfway there, Carson. But that's, yeah, that's I mean, basically, you're not doing anything then. Well, you're making it easier for the Eagles to to unload your contract, but not if not if the other team has to take it on because that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Is, is a team's going to look at him and be like, I'm not paying thirty whatever million dollars for this guy, right? You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure more will come out soon, but at that number, I can't see an NFL team trading for him. I have a hard I just time can't. believing that as well. There's going to have to be some kind of, of deal in place of an immediate restructure extension and, yeah, change that cap number, that salary number, because you did not play worth 30-plus million dollars this year. Not even close. Y- yeah, you were. You should be, like, making backup money right now. All right. So, yeah, that, uh, like I said, a game that – shouldn't have meant a whole lot to most people became basically it was the story of the day on Monday. Did you see what Joe Judge said yesterday? I, I know he was pissed, but no, I didn't see the actual Yeah, I mean, I 
don't remember the whole thing, so I'll kind of paraphrase. But basically, yeah, he basically called it a disgrace. Yeah, and he said I couldn't imagine doing that to my team because, like, how am I going to do that and then tell my players to give a hundred percent effort? And he talked about how all the sacrifices everyone in the league had to make, and you know, I had to tell guys, sorry, don't have a big Thanksgiving party. Sorry, don't go see your parents. Sorry, I know it's your wife's birthday, but you can't really go out or do anything. And he, he's got a point. Yeah. But he also just coached a six and ten team, so I know. You know what I mean? But I, I totally get it. I mean, if I were a Giants fan, or if that happened, you know, to where because I mean, we've missed out on the playoffs as Steeler fans because a team rested players. Mm-hmm. Hell, just last year. Yeah, and it's happened a, a few times over the last, I think, four or five years. That not a few times, but it, it seems like those those times that we need help to get in. It always comes down to we need a team that is resting their starters to win, and yeah. it just it never happens. Right. So, so yeah. Um, then we had uh, Packers and Bears. Bears had to either win or lose and have Arizona lose, and the Packers did not win. Or I mean, the the Bears did not win. Trubisky uh, kind of took a step backwards because yeah. he's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't look so he looked decent, but not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it gives the bears something now to, to ponder, Yeah, you know, because he's a free agent. Do you let him go? Do you try and re-sign him at a much lower deal saying, uh, you're gonna have to earn it. Do yeah. you franchise him? Yeah. I mean, he's on a rookie deal, so it's not like he's super expensive now, but right. But even He's still going to want more money, regardless. I mean, is he getting up to the $30 million range? Oh no, no. But, I mean, how much can you lowball him without... Because he, he put together a, a decent resume towards the end of the season, and we know that the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. Sure. I mean, hell, look at uh, who was the guy from Green Bay that literally started one game for him. Oh, Matt Flynn. Yeah, Matt Flynn started one game through like six touchdown passes and then gets a huge deal to go to Seattle, and he sucked. He never started because that was the year, the same offseason they drafted Russell Wilson. I thought he did start one year. No? No. Okay. Never never um, started. Matt Castle, another guy, started. He, he played a whole season at least right. and was Rob strong. Johnson's the one I think of. Yeah, too. Rob Johnson's another one. One, year, one game and then big contract. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they go to their new team on this big money deal, and you find out eh. they're backups for a reason. Yeah, yeah, they were they were good that game or that year because there just wasn't much film on them. But now that we have it, they really kind of suck, right? And Trubisky, we've got a lot of film on him. Most of it's bad, exactly. But he's gonna be like, look, at the end of the year, it clicked, and I'm that guy now. But if you're the Bears, do you take that chance? No. I Yeah, I personally don't. No. I no try way, and no. find a way to move on. Right. But, or maybe like a one-year deal if it's small, where it's like, I'll we'll sign you to a one-year deal and we'll try you out for a year for a smaller deal for, like I said, smaller money. But yeah, I, if you don't want that, it'll be interesting to see what his market is as far as the in the free agency. Because you don't... I say they could franchise him, but God, why would you no. want to tie up thirty plus million dollars on that guy? Absolutely, not. without knowing what's up, because it's a big gamble for Chicago. Because 
a you're tied up thirty million dollars, but what if he comes in and lights it up? Then you're you kind of got to sign him to a long term big money deal, right? And then he regresses and becomes you know. Then you're in the Eagles situation who, who with Carson we, Wentz, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, tread tread lightly, Bears, because uh, you could uh, make or break your fan base for the next four or five years with what you do this offseason. Right. Did you see the ridiculous stat associated with Aaron Rodgers this year? I shared it. I don't know if you saw Oh, it. yeah. 40, what was it, 48 touchdowns or whatever, and only 46 punts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty fucking insane. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I knew he was obviously offense. Yeah, I knew he was obviously having a great year, but that was 48 touchdowns was the passing single season passing record for like 20 years with Dan Marino. Yeah. That's, yep, that's fucking nuts. Absolutely. Uh, the other game, like I said, that tied into that whole scenario, uh, the Cardinals and the Rams. Of course, we know the Rams had John Wolford, and uh, they were without Henderson, and didn't matter. Cardinals came in, laid a pretty big egg. Uh, I did not watch a minute of it, and I, I should have read up on it. Kyler Murray only played a handful of, of snaps, so I'm thinking he aggravated his injury. Yeah. Uh, because they ended up playing most of that game with a backup. And, yeah, they just couldn't put it together. All they had to do was win and make the playoffs. Nope, couldn't do it. Uh, they ended up losing 18-7. to It looks like it was all field goals, but it wasn't. There was actually, I believe, a pick six in there at some point and yeah. a missed extra point. Uh, so, yeah, Cardinals, my, uh, my dark horse faded down the stretch and did not make the playoffs. I picked the Panthers to win the NFC South, so I think yeah. don't be too embarrassed. Yeah. Oh, I picked Minnesota to go to the Super Bowl too. So. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was on that bandwagon as well. Yeah. Uh. Oh, so the other instance we had, um, Colts with Miami getting blown out to Buffalo. The the Colts were the only team that that needed help to get into the playoffs. And they got it. Miami lost, so that means all they had to do was win. And if they won and Tennessee lost, they would actually win their division. But they won. They beat the, the Jaguars 28-14 in a game that was closer than I thought it would be for a long time. Um, but they got in the playoffs. And Tennessee, in a hell of a game against the Texans, went to overtime 41-30. to No, it didn't go to overtime. No, the walk-off touchdown. Or uh, field goal, sorry. It was a... It was a doink that went in. Yeah, but, I mean, they – wow. I turned that game off thinking it was going to overtime. Wow. Oh. And they must – because there was literally less than 20 seconds, 30 seconds or whatever, when the Texans tied it mm-hmm. at 38. So I just assumed it was going to overtime. I didn't realize that they had, like, a big play and then, a, like you said, a doink field goal. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> NFL I, teams don't just knee and – play for overtime anymore it's weird they just go for no, the win yeah i mean why wouldn't you because um, you can throw a pick and then I mean, well there's that, the opposing team in field goal range and yeah. <laughs> so yeah basically what that means is that tennessee uh wins the division colts still get in so everybody except miami is happy uh hold on i had no clue derrick henry was even approaching 2,000 yards. I knew he was close. I didn't realize how close he was. Yeah, he rushed for 240-something yards in that game, two Jesus. touchdowns. Yeah, he had a monster game. He always gets stronger later yeah, in the that, year. The fantasy championship that I won basically came down to 
I had Kirk Cousins, I had Derrick Henry, I had Marvin Jones Jr., and I had Antonio Brown. Everybody else on my team was subpar. Hmm. And his big guys, Russell Wilson, didn't have a good game. Mike Evans didn't have a good game. Stephon Diggs didn't have a good game. And, yeah, that's what carried me. Okay. Eighth guy to ever do it, too. Yeah, and the and twice now in Tennessee they've had a two 2,000-yard rusher, a yeah. CJ2K. Yep. It was back when you were still a fan. Yeah. Sorry to bring up bad memories. No. Uh, other games that were meaningless, the Saints 33-7 over the Panthers. Alvin Kamara, as we know, is out. They're hoping to get him back this week, but it, uh, at this point it's unknown. Uh, Seattle 26-23 winners over San Francisco. That game was a fucking snore fest for three quarters, and then they just decided to put up 34 points between the two of them in the fourth quarter. Um, Chargers, as we predicted, uh, Chiefs rested a lot of guys and Chargers win that one pretty big, 38-21. And, I mean, I, I got to admit, Chiefs are not going into the playoffs strong right now. No. I realize they rested a lot of guys, but literally their last three games, they have not looked good. And they, then they're they going to not look like Super Bowl champs. And their starters are going to have two weeks off. Basically two weeks off. Now, historically, Andy Reid has been fucking dominant coming off of a bye week. Right. But this is kind of like two bye weeks. And you have not looked strong. Yeah. You have definitely looked worse in the second half of the season than you did in the first half of the season. They also don't know who their opponent's going to be, so it's not like they get an extra week of prep. Yeah. I mean, well, they kind of have an idea. There's only... Like one of the, one of two opponents is all um, that they can get, I believe. Which we'll go over that. Jesus Christ! Here in a minute. Uh, so that brings me to, of course, we talk Steeler football most of the time. So that's what I'm going to go to. Pittsburgh uh, host, not hosting, traveled to Cleveland. Of course, we know Cleveland's been dealing with some COVID shit. We talked about it earlier. Now it's they're dealing with even more COVID shit. Um, Pittsburgh didn't even let guys on the plane. Ben, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, um, help me out here, um, Marquise Pouncey. Mm. Um, I know there's one. Or Joe Hayden couldn't, of course, because he already tested positive. But the guys that they just held out, they didn't even let them travel. Good idea. Yeah, because with what we don't know what's going on in Cleveland, but it's not quite a Baltimore breakout, but it is a – Looks like there's an outbreak happening, whether the NFL wants to admit it or not. So they didn't even travel. So enter Mason Rudolph, and I'll be honest, I thought we were going to get smoked. I really did. Me too, yeah. In fact, in that same fantasy league that I've been talking about, I have two defenses, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. No, but I, the only time I've not had Pittsburgh as my defense was their bye week. That mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't even really a bye week, but... Um. So yeah, I guess it was week four. Kind of, they didn't play, but yeah, they, yeah, they didn't play though. Right, that's the important part. Um, but I started the Cleveland defense because I just no Pouncey, no Ben. Right. I watched Mason Rudolph last year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, while the Browns defense did outperform, but it was only like by one point. It wouldn't have mattered. But Mason Rudolph looked good. Yeah. He still looked panicky mm-hmm. in the pocket when he had pressure, which led to the interception that he threw. Yeah. That um, was a really bad interception, though. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, the two-point conversion attempt was pretty piss poor as yeah. well. 
But overall, I I think he has shown that he's a better quarterback than he was last year. Mm-hmm. The deep balls were nice. I mean, he took the, those 50-50 balls. He said, fuck it, I'm throwing it. Right. Whereas we haven't seen that a lot of Ben, especially lately, other than the second half of the, the Colts game. Mm-hmm. So, but am I ready to say he's the quarterback of our future? No. No. Is he the backup of our future? Possibly. Yeah. I feel, I feel a lot better about him now than I ever felt about Landry Jones. I'll just say that. Yeah. Landry Jones was always yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that skeleton crew that we had, we played them tough and it literally came down to a missed two point conversion of tying that game and possibly sending it to overtime. Um, but yeah, Mason Rudolph looked good. He had 315 yards, two touchdowns. Well, sorry, I just had a thought. Cross my... Pittsburgh dad. I know I've shown you those videos before. Oh yeah, I watched them uh, for the audience. It's basically just the sketch series they do every week. It's very simple. It's a guy who's from Pittsburgh, and he reacts to the Steelers games, and they're fucking hilarious. That uh, for the Cleveland one, he the game's over, and he's like, oh, "Look at the Browns celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. You didn't beat the Steelers. You beat the uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class. Wait until <laughs> Zach Morris and Kelly Kapowski come back." <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. And, you know, that was going to bring me to my next point. They Cleveland did not look all that good against no. basically our second teamers in a, game in, they had in, in a lot of key positions. You know, it, we weren't – it wasn't like all second stringers. There were some starters playing, and they played well. Mm-hmm. But there were some backups playing that played pretty solid too. But still, in that game with the starters that we had out, Cleveland should win that easily, and they didn't. And, yes, like you said, they were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. Granted, they haven't been to the playoffs they, s- yeah, 18 years, so that they've got a reason to be excited. Right. But next week, mm-hmm. or this week coming up. Run it back. Yep, run it back. This time, the varsity's going to be there. Yeah. Not, not the JV squad. And, I mean, the last time Cleveland was in the playoffs was 2003. Two. Whatever. The playoffs were in 2003. Sure. When it comes to Cleveland football, you can walk downtown Cleveland and talk to a Browns fan, Mm -hmm. and there are three distinct games that you can mention to a Cleveland Browns fan that will incite a riot. One of them's the catch, or not the catch, the fumble, Mm -hmm. or the drive. I'm sorry, the drive. That was the first one, the drive. Nope. Red, right, 88. Okay, all right, four then. Okay, four. I was going to say, when yes. you said three, I'm like, I don't yeah. see how this I forgot out. about Red Ride 88. Yeah. Um. Then there's the drive, mm-hmm. which was, of course, Elway just ripping their fucking hearts out. Mm-hmm. Then literally the next season, the fumble, which was uh, Ernest Biner dropping their hearts on the, like, what the one? It was the one. Yeah, yeah. basically the one yard line going in for the go ahead touchdown. Eh-eh. And the last one, the comeback. And that was from the two thousand and two, two thousand three wild card round. Uh, Kelly Holcomb quarterback the Browns to like a was a seventeen or I think it was a seventeen point halftime lead. Something like that. Yeah. And Tommy fucking Maddox mm. brings them back. Chris. Fumatu Ma'afala mm-hmm. scores the game-winning touchdown in the, the final seconds. 
not the final seconds. Cleveland did have a shot, but uh, Davis couldn't get out of bounds. But yeah, those. Uh, that's basically the history of Cleveland football. Things like that. I would probably put Bottlegate above the comeback, but all right. Why they just threw bottles on the field? They just threw bottles on the field. Yeah, but it was one of the ugliest game. scenes in the it history was, of the league. It was, but that cost them a playoff spot. I might put that higher. I bet. I bet if you asked a Browns fan that they won't mention that over that Steeler game. You got to remember that was when the Browns had recently come back into the league. So they was had been. Game. They had been. Huh. So it was Bottlegate. Right, but this was their real legit shot. Mm-hmm. Cle- the, Cleveland, yeah, cost them. They weren't shit that year. They were kind of on the rise. I'm telling you, you ask a true Browns fan, and they're going to tell you that Steeler game fucking hurt them more than Bottlegate. Okay, but it, isn't that wasn't that Sam Weish? Sam to, Weish. No, I'm trying to remember when was the. Oh no, against I think that was Sam Weish. The Bengals. Do you, he was the coach of the Bengals. No. You're not listening. There was an instance where they were throwing shit on the field, and Sam Weiss of the Bengals come out and grab the microphone and said, you guys aren't in Cleveland or whatever. Yeah. And I think that was against Jacksonville that he was – that the Bengals were playing. Yeah. But so now I'm having a hard – remind me of Bottlegate then. Bottlegate was the year of the comeback. It was the year before. They were playing Jacksonville. I don't know that it was the last game of the season. It was the year before. And basically, Cleveland needed to win out to get to the playoffs. And Tim Couch is the quarterback. They're leading a late drive. I think they're down four, something like that. Fourth down, they throw a short crossing route. The guy catches it, clearly breaks the first down marker, falls, but he drops it. But they very quickly get up to the line of scrimmage and spike it. And then the refs come on and say... We're reviewing the previous play, which you are legally not supposed to do, but they did it because they they said upstairs buzzed us and we didn't hear it. So they reviewed that catch, ruled it not a catch. Jacksonville got the ball. Everyone threw bottles on the field. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. There you go. Here's your history lesson. Yeah, I'm still saying that the comeback ranks higher on the all-time heartbreak list because that was a playoff game. That wasn't trying to get to the playoffs. Okay. So anyway. So, yeah, for all their efforts and their narrow 24-22 win, they win a rematch with, like I said, the varsity squad. And uh, as we talked about earlier today, Kevin Stefanski has tested positive, which means due to the rules, a positive test is an automatic 10 days. Yeah. So he, they are these players are definitely out for the playoff game, Might depending on what happens with the subsequent testing and whatnot, might come back for a divisional game if there is one. But the big, bigger loss, or as big a loss, is the Pro Bowl guard Joy, Joel I'm sorry, Betonio, who has uh, been there, who has been there uh, since uh, he was there for 0-16. Ooh. And, and, like, after the game, mm-hmm. Coach Stefanski gave him the game ball. Oh. Makes you wonder. Oh, was that the transmission of right. COVID? Did, yeah. Like I don't know. Did he lick the ball and hand it off to him or what? But uh, and of course, Browns fans on Twitter are just losing their minds. Like, sure. what, 
the Steelers got to be quarantined too because, you know, he was hugging Coach Tomlin and (sighs) – Just shut up. I know. But, you know, we talked about last week, you even said it, that the the Cleveland losing and getting knocked out of the playoffs by our scrub team would be the most Cleveland thing ever. No, this, I think, might be (laughs) – like literally making the playoffs after almost two decades and then to possibly lose a game because your players and coaches are getting sick is the most Cleveland thing ever. Like, right. wow. Um, but yeah, losing Joel Batonio is going to be huge because he's the guy that is supposed to stop Cam Hayward. And, and not many Pro Bowl guards can do that anyway, let alone yeah. backups. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, now, before we get into the actual playoff preview, which we will hear shortly, um, we didn't talk about the actual games. The college football playoffs happened, of course, on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, Most college football I watched think. all day. Yeah. Uh, I watched exactly none of it. <laughs> I, I did watch the scores and, like, through Twitter, sure. watched the highlights and saw the Najee Harris, you know. I mean, to be fair, we're going to watch every NFL game and still talk about it. So, uh, Yeah. Right. I did not watch any of it. But, right. uh, so, yeah, first game, Bama, Notre Dame. Pretty, what, what we expected. Pretty yeah. much went the way we thought it was going to go. Uh, Alabama got up early and, and stayed that way. Najee Harris and Devontae Smith had really good games, especially Devontae Smith, who, like you said earlier, is probably going to win the Heisman, or at least should, uh, in, in our opinion. All right. And then we got to the night game, and what the fuck? Yeah, I was not uh, expecting that. No, all. not not only did Clemson lose, they got blown the fuck out. And right. Justin Fields basically like looked at you and said, fuck you, because right. Ohio State quarterbacks are awesome. And he looked pretty goddamn good. Okay. We'll see in the NFL, but, uh, I, no, but I, yes, I agree. he had an amazing day, especially after uh, he took a bad shot running for a first down, safety came down and hit him directly in the ribs. And I think he even sat out a couple plays, but came back, must have lit a fire under his ass because he came out and played great the rest of the game. Speaking of lighting a fire under somebody's ass, I think a lot of the blame could be put right on Dabo. Dabo, Dabo, whatever. Dabo. Dabo, yeah. 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 For for ranking and then talking about ranking Ohio State 11th in his final coaches poll. And Ohio State took that 11 and just rammed it up his ass with just a beatdown on national TV, Uh, which leads us to the national championship coming up Monday. I think so. Usually they play him on a week. Kind of close. Yeah. Yeah. It's either Monday or Tuesday. Mm Mm-hmm. Of Alabama versus Ohio State, and yeah, that was an actual yawn that my brain triggered because I was talking about having a game between Alabama and Ohio State, two teams, probably my top two hated fucking college football teams. That's why we get along. Yeah, I just... Notre Dame's up there for me as well, so Clemson was my one. I kind of give or take. It just depends who they're playing. I... I've always hated but, Notre Dame, but I mean, I'm a Gator fan, so Alabama is definitely there, and Ohio State. I'm a Gator fan, so that's why I hate Ohio State because we had a coach that was probably going to lead yeah. Florida to a Nick Saban like run, and decided, oh, I'm 
no, my health's not good. Yeah. I'm going to have to retire. I got the vapors. Oh, Ohio State? Yeah, I'll come coach for you. Fuck you. I hope you get an NFL job and then get fired, you piece of shit. To be fair, he did do the same thing to Ohio State, though. Yeah, I don't care. But, yeah. Not really, though. Uh, yeah, basically the exact same thing. He was there for like four or five years, and then, okay, I'm sick. I'm going to go home. But he didn't immediately take another coaching job. He sat out a year. Oh, a whole year, yeah. That's probably because somebody at Ohio State was like, look, this gives us one year to get this motherfucker out of here, and we got you. He knew where he was going when he left Florida. I have no doubts I that. No, I don't. I don't. Okay, well, when he, after he left, or when he left, Jim Tressel was still at Ohio State. The scandals and shit didn't happen until that summer. Right, but are you telling me that people didn't know behind the scenes at Ohio State what was going on and that shit was about to break? Because I guarantee you that it didn't just happen one day that all that stuff was going on. I guarantee you there were some higher-ups within the organization of Ohio State that knew what was going on and knew that eventually shit was going to hit the fan and started taking steps. Not a bad point, all right. I mean, yeah. Okay. Guaranteed. They just they knew what was happening, and I have a feeling that they called urban and was like hey shit might happen here so i won't go that far i i, I, I do I, fuck I, urban meyer take the jets job and lose you prick <laughs> the jaguars yeah so anyway like i was saying dear jags yeah that's the one that's rumored which hopefully all the florida fans like i don't know set his house on fire i i doubt it dude he still won them what three national titles or two, two. still yeah. i yeah don't care yeah they're gonna sell a lot of Season tickets from people in Gainesville, I guarantee it. Probably. Anyway. He can still go fuck himself. Uh, so, yeah, Alabama, Ohio State. On paper, look, I mean, I'm going with Alabama. But on paper, it looks like the Clemson versus Ohio State game. And if Justin Fields plays the way he did last week, yeah, Ohio State could win that game. Definitely. Um, Alabama, the very, very strong. Basically, they need Najee Harris and Devontae Smith to play as good or better than they did. And Justin Fields needs to come down a little bit. I just hope it's a decent game. I probably won't watch it, but uh, yeah. I mean, either I, way, I no matter what the outcome, there's going to be a large fan base out there that it just even more ridiculously obnoxious than they already fucking are that I don't want to hear brag about them. I know. Yeah. Alabama fans and Ohio State fans remind me of like Packer and Cowboys fans that just fucking annoy the shit out of you every time somebody on their team like does something great. They've become the just the greatest thing ever. Hmm. I just I don't know. They're obnoxious and I don't like them. I don't get that vibe from Packers fans, but I agree with uh, the Cowboy fan thing. Actually, to be fair, yeah. There was one Packer fan that I worked with. That, okay, it's one guy. No, but he was so bad, he left that that fucking impression. Yeah. So, painted him with a broad brush. Yeah. He literally ruined me for Packer fans because now every time I meet a Packer fan, I think of him and think that those people are exactly like him. I think I know who you're talking about. No, I don't think you do. Okay, never mind then. Yeah. No, this was back when I worked at Cub Okay, Foods. then no. Then no. Who are you talking about? Super Bowl 50. And your brothers. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. See, people like that. Okay. There are people like that. Sure. 
So yeah, that one probably helped yeah. carry the. It cemented it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, like I said, I don't care who wins. Um, I guess Alabama would be my favorite for the simple fact that there are less Alabama fans up here than there are Ohio State fans in this I, area. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I mean, it's tough. I mean. I would really like a unmanned 747 to crash into the stadium, you know, on That's usually at, the joke I make in yeah. teams like this as I'm rooting for a terrorist attack, but uh, yeah, not really, I mean, obviously. Yes, yeah. In jest, but yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I I could care less what happens and I'm kind of in that same boat, honestly. So yeah, that's that's where we're at on that. Yeah. College football. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that sucks is we're we're nearing the end. Like it's exciting because it's playoff time, but it's also bittersweet because I know that it's almost over. And we have seven months of, of yeah. And I like I've yeah. talked about numerous times. I don't get into the NBA until like March and April when mm-hmm. it's about playoff time. Plus, I'm a Bulls fan, and they haven't given me a reason to get into the NBA. Sure, for a very long time, and. The way things are looking, it's not going to be this year either. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And so that leads us to the playoffs. NFL playoffs. Yes, the NFL playoffs kick off this weekend with. Did Did you hear this? Super wild card weekend. Exactly. Like they add an extra game in, it becomes super. Yeah, exactly. Like, super sized. That's st- stupid. Before we get into this, what's your thought? Maybe we talked about it preseason i honestly don't remember what's your thoughts on seven teams per conference because i honestly don't think i like it uh biggest reason i don't like it is that only one team in each conference gets a buy and that's a huge advantage but okay but what's the difference between one team or two teams an additional get, team gets get a buy right but Again, I, I want to know. like Because I think right now I don't know what the active streak is. It's something like the last five Super Bowl champions were teams that had buys. So that tells me that, hey, that's a really big advantage. But there were also only six teams per side, mm-hmm. and only four of those six or two of those six has got buys, whereas now it's only going to be one versus – Six. Okay. As far as... So your point is that only, okay, fewer teams have that advantage? Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah, it it would be nice if you could have, you know, something else to play for if the first seed is completely out of reach, but... I mean, are the Bears... Should the Bears be in the playoffs? Do you watch that team and think that's a playoff team, that's a team that should compete for a championship? No offense, uh, Bears fans. I'm sorry, Jake, but I, no. No, not really. I mean, well, I'll do but, this. To be fair, last year, if this format was in, in place last year, Pittsburgh wouldn't have been a playoff team. Would we have deserved that? Their defense did, without a doubt. Oh, sure, but we would have gotten our goddamn shit pushed in against Kansas City last year. Probably. I just, I, I don't know. Uh, overall, I'm I, not liking it. Uh, the bottom line is it's about money. Oh, it's, totally. Yeah, it's, that's all it's about. Yeah. And that's why we're going to have another uh, regular season game. Is it next year or the year after? 
that they start the 17 game schedule. I didn't think it was. I think they are. I thought that was part of the new CBA that I didn't think with, I thought this was the compromise for that. No, there's this, but within it was supposed to be within the next 3 years they would expand to a 17 game schedule. Okay. Pretty sure that was one of the the big things in there. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I like leading us on tangents, but yeah. So back to the playoffs. Uh Saturday. So we got basically two days of triple headers. So we'll start with the Saturday games. Leading off will be the two-seed Buffalo Bills taking on the Indianapolis Colts. You're right. Next year goes into effect. 17 games? Yep. All right. right. My bad. That's what I thought, Dick. All right. Sorry. Bills, Colts. Kind of hinted on it a little earlier, but... uh, Fuck Kansas City. The team I don't want to play is Buffalo right now. Yeah. Yeah, they're terrifying. They are literally hitting on all cylinders with nitrous. They are exactly what you want to be going into the playoffs, and that Mm -hmm. is fucking red hot. Yeah. And the Colts are coming off of a subpar performance against the Jags. Colts defense is great. Uh, they are the Colts are built for playoff football. Yeah, running game with, with the exception of the turnovers that Rivers is is kind of known for. But they have the formula that has traditionally done well in playoff football, and that is great running game, great defense. And they have that, and they got a good quarterback, if not a, a great even sometimes Philip Rivers. Yeah. Um. So I I don't want to just completely write them off. But Buffalo is just so on a roll right now. Right. And I, I, as much as I personally would like to see it for for obvious reasons, uh, I don't see the Colts beating Buffalo right now. Josh Allen and those boys are just fucking on a roll. I would agree. Um, Yeah, so I think Buffalo wins that probably. I think they'll cover. Yeah, the lines. The line's only six and a half right now. So then on, see, that's the opener on Saturday. And then on uh, the midday game, 3.30 our time, basically. Number three seed, Seattle Seahawks at home, taking on the six-seeded L.A. Rams, who hope, against all hope, that they have Jared Goff back because John Wolford did not look good. Their their defense basically carried them to that win uh, against Arizona. And... Seattle didn't look great either against San Francisco, but uh, Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson, who has DK Metcalf. Yeah, uh, the Rams, for whatever reason, have always done well against Russell, though. Have always, yeah, I believe they have a killer record against Seattle. Yeah, so there is that, but again, with a backup quarterback, and Seattle's defense is playing a lot better than they were earlier in the year. So yeah, true. Jamal Adams. Uh, has Carlos Dunlap as well. Yeah, Dunlap's come in. Jamal Adams has done really good, especially rushing the passer on blitzes. Uh, All that being said, if Jared Goff is there and the Rams come in healthy, I like their chances. Yeah. Um, Seattle has been one of those teams that's kind of been up and down this year. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but like you said, see the the Rams have for whatever reason just kind of had Seattle's number uh, over the last couple of years. Don't have to worry about the twelfth man either. Yep, yep. I mean, there's it's in Seattle, but doesn't matter. Right. Uh, Seahawks are four and a half point favorites. It's tough to call if you don't have Goff playing. You know it, what I mean? It, yeah. My gut tells me Seattle's going to win a, a squeaker. Um, I mean, if Goff's not playing, yeah, I don't give the Rams if, much of a chance. If Goff's not playing, I I think they win by a couple scores. If Goff even if Goff plays, you got to keep in mind he had surgery on a dislocated and fractured thumb. Yeah. Even if he plays, I don't think. He might not be much better than Wolford or whatever. Right, yeah. and and for that reason, the Rams got a great defense. I understand that, but I th- I still think Seattle's going to get the win here. It's just a matter of how how much they win by, depending on whether or not golf plays and exactly how good that thumb is after being surgically repaired. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue. I mean, I wouldn't be terribly shocked if the Rams won, though, if they have golf. But yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it, w- it wouldn't blow my mind. I'm with you, but right, like I said, gut gut says Seattle. Right. Uh, and then the nightcap, Saturday night, seven fifteen Central Time. The Washington Football Team at seven and nine is hosting the eleven and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this yeah. is what's wrong with the playoff system right now. You're right. Um. Yeah, I think Tampa. They're kind of hitting their stride right now. There's, I give Washington literally no chance to win this game. I really don't. Really? Yeah. Um, I do. I'm not saying they will, but with Washington's D line, that's how you beat Brady. Yeah, but Tampa's got a pretty decent defense. There you, is that. You got to score <laughs> to yeah. win. While they may hold Tampa. To twenty one, yeah, they're not going to score twenty one themselves. Yeah, they're so. going to score twenty two. I don't see it. All right. Um, and did you see what Brady did for Antonio Brown? Threw him what three shovel three pa- shovel passes there in the last two minutes to get him over forty five catches, which means that he got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus. Right. I bet ownership was real thrilled with that. Yeah. Like, what are you fucking doing? Pull him out of the game. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't like I said, I don't see. Uh, I don't see Washington pulling this one out. It's it's still Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah. Um can they are they gonna win the Super Bowl? I don't know. Are they gonna beat Washington? I think so. All right. Uh Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Leading it off at of course noon with the Tennessee Titans at eleven five hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And Basically a rematch last year. Mm-hmm. Tennessee knocked out Baltimore. I think I I think the Ravens get their revenge here. Think so? Yeah. I hope not, but I. Well, although I, I kind of hope they do because I would rather I think I'd rather play Baltimore than Tennessee. But I think when you factor in the fact that Baltimore lost to Tennessee last year, I think this could be a revenge game. Yeah, I mean Baltimore's defense is not as good. As they were last year, I don't. There's I, that. I don't think. Um, yeah, their their rushing attack is is phenomenal. Here's the the key to this whole game is can Lamar Jackson get over these playoff failures, right? And and big game failures, so to speak. 
the one good thing on going for Baltimore is that Tennessee's defense is not, especially their secondary and their pass rush is not that good. Right. Um, that was another factor. So, yeah, my gut, my heart wants Tennessee to win, but my gut says Baltimore is going to win simply because it's not a good enough defense to to stop their running game and the even the short passing game. You know, if if it was a team that was swarming to the ball and making Lamar beat them with his with his arm, I, I would favor Tennessee. But they don't have that kind of defense. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Um, you know, Derrick Henry. We saw what he did to him in overtime. Just basically called game and busted a thirty whatever yarder in overtime and won it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I just don't see that happening this time. I think Baltimore wins. Mm. Uh, Ravens are actually favored by four and a half and they're on a roll. But again, yeah. that role has entailed some not good teams. So we'll see bright lights, pr- not prime time, but playoff, you know, playoff implications and a lot of pressure. Can Lamar step up right. is, is that's the biggest question for everybody. I think, um, middle of the day afternoon game on Sunday. We go back to the NFC, the Saints and the Bears. I mean, Saints. Yeah, I, that's the game. I I give Chicago really no chance, honestly. I I don't see a roadmap where they beat the Saints. Yeah, I mean the Bears got a strong defense. I just don't think Chicago's got enough offense to keep up with New Orleans because you're. You're going to hold New Orleans, maybe, mm-hmm. but you're not going to shut them down. Right. Eventually, they're going to break loose. Um, to me, the, one of the biggest factors is, is whether or not Alvin Kamara is back. I was just thinking that, yeah. If he's not back, it's a lot closer to a toss-up. Yeah. If he's there and healthy, I think they'll wear him down and, and get the win. I don't know. I think... Kamara being there or not, that's the difference between a seven-point game or a 21-point game. Fair enough. Yeah. And also, I mean, which Mitch Trubisky are we going to see? Yeah. The one that we're used to or the one that played the previous four or five weeks and looked pretty solid? But, yeah, I uh, I still think it's going to be the Saints. All right. Which leads us, they saved the best for last Sunday night, Browns traveling to Pittsburgh this time to play Pittsburgh's actual team. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we already know uh, they're going to be without their head coach, without their starting guard, and potentially some other players as they are currently doing the whole contact tracing. And um, so there's a strong possibility within the next 24 hours we get some more names on that list. Mm -hmm. Um, Have not heard anything as of late all that being said the previous game when the everybody had or everybody played pittsburgh beat them 38 to 7 yeah and then we saw what happened on sunday with with even our scrubs we were right there and literally a pass that was too high away from possibly sending that game to overtime I just look Cleveland has looked good at times. I just don't think they're ready. Yeah. And they're a year off. Yeah. Pittsburgh's got a lot of, they got a lot of young guys, but they've also got a lot of guys that have been there, including Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, um, 
you know, they've got a lot of playoff experience on their side. Cameron Hayward. Um, I just, I don't see any way that Cleveland wins this. As long as we don't revert to old habits, this is the, I've said it to you. I've said it on the show. I've said it to everybody that I'll, that'll talk to me. If we play the way we played in the second half of that Colts game, we can play with anybody in the playoffs. If we play the way that we did in the first half of that Colts game, we're going to get killed by whoever we play. Right. And Randy Feekner needs to get the fuck out of town as yeah. soon as possible. And I hope that Ben relies more on his instinct than on the uh, play calling of Randy Fickner. And I hope that if it was a knee injury that this time off, Ben gets his legs back a little bit. And mm. because even with Mason Rudolph, we saw that we can go downfield on Cleveland. Yeah. And it was good to see Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool kind of get more involved mm-hmm. in that game and make some big plays. And even on the ones they didn't, the fact that, you know, they were given a chance to go up on those 50, 50 balls and fight for it. So we'll see, but I think Pittsburgh wins this one and, and wins it by more than seven. Okay. I think the line right now is five and a half, but um, we don't know what else is going to be happening with this, uh, COVID situation and whether or not more players are going to be added to that list. It, it'd be hard to, uh, to imagine them not. What am I looking at? What the hell? <laughs> Reading the five. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, I, again, I just don't see any way that, that we lose this game as long as we're not, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. All right. And yeah, I'm just looking at ESPN to see if there's anything about uh, any more players coming up, and I don't see anything right now, but... Um, Tottenham 1-0 against Brentford. What? <laughs> uh, oh. It's soccer. Oh, I figured that, but... Yeah. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I like our chances. Not, well, the best, I, yeah. not the best color guy in the business for nothing. Well, folks. no, literally everything you said. I mean, it's uh, the bad Pittsburgh does scare me a little bit. You know, that does come, that does sometimes show up at the worst possible fucking times. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about the Browns losing that starting left guard who goes up against Cam Hayward is huge. I'm also very encouraged by what I've seen over the last couple weeks out of Alex Highsmith. Mm, yeah. Seems like, because he was kind of a spot duty player when Bud was healthy, but it seems the first game that he started, you didn't really see much of him, but Mm -hmm. every game since it seems like more and more, there's more and more like about it. He's not Bud Dupree Mm. and he, he may never be Bud Dupree or, you know, he might, he might get there. Bud Dupree sucked for the first couple of years, but I just, we thought he was a bust. Yeah. I, I like what I'm seeing out of Alex Highsmith lately and hopefully turns it up another notch here in the playoffs. Same thing with um, guys like Tuit and Alu Alu. And, uh, not having Joe Hayden for this game is going to be big. Yeah. But I still like Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. He's no Joe Hayden, but he's solid. Mike Hilton is having uh, – first, he's having a good year, but he's been really strong lately. He's mm-hmm. just – he's been that guy that's making plays. 
Um, I, Minka, I was kind of down on him, mm-hmm. but after going back and watching some stats, he's had a good year. Yeah. It's just we got spoiled with him having a great year last year. Right. He's still making great plays. He's just not making those big splash plays that make the highlight films. Right. Like he's, he's good in coverage. Uh, yeah, he's fucked up on a couple tackles, but for the most part, he's still always around the ball, and he's he's a solid safety. Yeah. Terrell Edmonds um, has kind of stepped up this year quietly, and we need him to step up even more in the playoffs. They need to be that defense that is just shutting everybody else down and give our offense the ball more, in, in order, especially with some of the teams that we're going to be going up against. Defense has to play lights out, and... While we're on that, if they don't fucking give T.J. Watt Defensive Player of the Year, somebody needs to do some splaining. Yeah. I saw somebody on Twitter saying that it was a, a dead lock between Watt and Aaron Donald. No, I'm sorry. No, the fuck it's not. Watt leads Donald in every possible fucking category except for uh, QB hurries. Mm-hmm. I think it's either hurries or pressures, whatever the hell they call it. But Watt has more sacks in less pressures. So tell me who who's better. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Aaron, Aaron Donald is a fucking monster. Freaking nature, yeah. Yeah, and he deserved to win Defensive Player of the Year the years that he won it. He doesn't deserve it this year. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt has been just on fire. Give that man, pay him his fucking money, you yeah. know, to quote. Rounders. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, TJ Watt deserves it. Bottom line, end of fucking story, and they better give it to him. I think Aaron Rodgers gets has pretty much ran away with the MVP. Yeah. Maybe not ran away with it, uh, but solidified it. I would agree. Um, and I think Josh Allen is, is going to be in there. He's going to get some votes. Yeah. Um, I think second or third. I'd... Yeah, third probably. Because Russell really tapered off. Um, he, in a big, bad way. Yeah, oh big way. Uh, who else was in the... Well, what about Ma- Henry? Mahomes kind of tapered off a little bit. Henry, Henry, I can see... He rushed for get, 2,000 yards. Get, I mean, Yeah, he should get some votes as well. Yeah. Um, if I had to predict it right now, I, I would say it's going to be Rodgers, Allen, Mahomes, Henry yeah. are, are going to be your top four. Probably. Yeah. Which, I mean... Again, I think that's kind of a shame. Henry should – you'd think he'd at least get second. Not like yeah. second place gets anything, but still. No, he's been a monster. I mean, he he definitely – he deserves it. Right. So, that being said, basically what that would lead to uh, with our picks, we would go – let's see, we had the – Oh, Jesus, this is going to be a mess trying to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we picked Seattle. They're the three seed. So they would go to the two seed, the Saints, that we picked. Right. And then we picked the Tampa, the five seed. They would go to Green Bay. Right. That could be a good matchup. Yeah. Tampa and Green Bay. Rodgers versus Brady in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I'm, in in January. I am here for that. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be a, a hell of a game, I think. Yeah. Uh, Saints-Seahawks, that would be a pretty solid game, too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, I like those matchups. On the AFC side, we would have the probably the Ravens, if the what we're picking, right, going to Kansas City, which 
could be. I mean, that's Casey's weakness is stopping the run. Yeah. The main thing is, is it, Lamar has to not turn the ball over. Right. Um, and it, Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, which again, like we've talked about, the way Buffalo is playing right now, that's the like probably the team I want the least. Yeah. But if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now, it's hard to argue that Buffalo's the best. You know, one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Right. Um. You know that. That being said, we can beat them. Yeah. I mean, we played like dog shit. Buffalo's defense is solid, especially their secondary, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. They are not a, you know, a lights out defense. They looked good against us because our offense was so fucking bad. All right. So, and hopefully by then we would have Joe Hayden back because we didn't have him the last time we played Buffalo and Stefan Diggs made us look silly in yeah. the second half. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I don't fear them. It's just that's, that's a, matchup that's going to be tough for anybody right now right so yeah we'll uh we'll see how that goes um we'll probably be in here we might even be in here sunday who knows depending on how uh how i feel and whether or not i want to go pick his ass up is that what you talked about no no oh you're just talking about watching the game huh nothing huh. all right uh <laughs> so basically what I'm going to do right now is uh, i'm a little thirsty i'm gonna grab me something to drink we're gonna take a quick break come back and talk about some other stuff so, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yep. Be right back. Stick around. Hanging with these will be right back after they drain the main vein. Now might be a good time to do that thing you've been putting off while listening to this godforsaken show. And we are back. Uh, yeah, now we're going to talk some pop culture stuff. Um, before we get into that, a mm-hmm. uh, couple things I wanted to talk about. I watched season three. Of Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. all of it, nice in two days. Would have been one day, but decided to play some Xbox. Uh-huh. It's fucking great. Really? I mean, yeah, it's it's a little cheesy, but that seems that seems like that would work with that show. It and, does. Yeah. I mean, there are so many callbacks to the previous movie mm-hmm. movies because in the first two seasons. Everything was basically tied to Karate Kid One, mm-hmm. and you got to see Johnny's perspective, and you know it. It kind of kicks around the old theory that Daniel was the bully, yeah, and that's the story that Johnny tells people, and yeah. So it goes like, well, then this season they finally do a lot of callbacks to Karate Kid Two. Mm-hmm. In fact, Daniel goes to Okinawa. Oh, yeah. in, in this one and runs into some people from, from Karate Kid 2, including Chosen, mm. who, if you don't remember, Chosen was the guy the big bad. that he fought to the death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and they, they do that. They, they, they There's a direct tie back to that that is both great and, and funny because, like, you think that this it's this revenge thing and, yeah, that comes into play. And... The end of the season leads into another uh, kind of cliffhanger tie back to one of the you know big moments in the Karate Kid movie history. Okay. Elizabeth Shue comes back as Allie oh, okay. for for a couple of episodes, and it's kind of funny watching her interact between her two ex boyfriends, and hmm. she kind of 
opens their eyes as to the fact that they're a lot more alike than than they think they are. Mm. Um, it's like the cheesy parts of it. It, it basically within the teens, and like they literally have like a karate riot <laughs> in their high school. I think I've seen at the, the trailers, at the end yeah. of season two, which leads into the, all the drama in season three. So, if you can get get over that and appreciate it for what it is, which is basically a 2020 version of of the Karate Kid series, because it it was this back then it was the same shit, the cheesy, you know, slight every, camp. Yeah, everybody knows karate. Like I, I went to high school. I I never saw a karate fight one time in my yeah. life in high school. Uh, on this series, it happens fucking every other Tuesday, it seems like. Right. Uh, but overall, it is well-written, it's entertaining, and like I said, you can... The reason I watched it all, the 10 episodes, is because they're only like 30 to 37 minutes, I think, is the runtime between all the episodes. So you're literally like, bam, 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 before you know it, it's over with. Right. And now we got to wait a year for season four, which, <laughs> you know... And in this one, you get a lot of the backstory to Crease. Mm-hmm. You know who Crease is, no. right? He's the main Cobra Kai. Like the instructor? Yeah. Finish him! Yeah. Okay. Him. You, so you get a lot of his backstory. Yeah. Loves into it. And, and, yeah, and why he's such a, what? Loves into it. Those quick book ads. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and th- I mean, this series basically is the reason that he's on those commercials, because, I mean, he was gone. Right. His yeah. highlight was, he guess, appeared on Tosh.0. Oh. Yeah. For a sketch like ten years ago. Yeah. yeah, he you know he was in a couple of '80s movies. He was in uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and of course he was Cobra Kai's guy. And then he just kind of disappeared. And then this whole Cobra Kai thing starts up again. And now he's his career is revamped. And like you said, he's on the QuickBooks commercials. Mm. So uh, yeah, again, stop whatever you're doing and fucking go watch Cobra Kai. That's for you. And for anybody out there listening. Mm-hmm. Other thing we talked about last time was Netflix's new series, uh, The History of Swear Words. And I'm now, I think, four episodes in. You've seen the, basically one and a half or whatever. Yeah, the, the car ride over here, basically. Yeah. It's good. Uh, they're quick. Mm-hmm. I think each one's like less than 25 minutes. Okay. Um, it's entertaining. I was enjoying the little bit I saw of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very interesting because while they do it in a comedic way, they actually explain to you where these words come from. And so far, the order of, of episodes is fuck, shit, bitch, damn, and dick yeah. right now are the, the five words that we're on. I'm not sure how many episodes there are, but... Uh, the the comedians and people that they have on there are great. Nikki Glaser, um, Jim Jeffries, Jim Jeffries. Now I'm gonna draw a blank. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Silverman, Sarah Silverman, Nick Off Offerman. Oh right. Um. So yeah, they got some good people on there, and and of course Nicholas Cage is the host. So, uh, yeah, it's entertaining if you got a little bit of time to kill. Again, they go by really quick. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Now, Dylan did his homework. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 84. But he forgot his notes. He did forget his notes. But, <laughs> um, I mean, I can pull up the Wikipedia or whatever and sure. to look that over. Right. Or you could do it. Yeah. Anyway, 
Before we really get into it, I just have one thing to say. Mm -hmm. I want. No. Nay, nay. I demand that you right now in that microphone publicly fucking apologize to Zack Snyder because Wonder Woman 84 is probably the worst fucking superhero movie I've ever seen. No. Bullshit. No, it's not. That movie was horrible. What? Tell me what, what was good about it. I wouldn't... Not, the not, worst superhero movie ever made. One of. It's up there. Supergirl. Okay. Daredevil. Okay, here's my point. Green Hornet. It was way fucking worse than Batman v Superman. No, it wasn't. Bullshit. No, it wasn't. Bullshit. No, it wasn't. I, I, really? I, I will say really? this. I do need another viewing. I, I can't sit through two hours and 31 minutes of that piece of shit again that there's a lot of boring parts in that it's all movie. boring yeah literally she's wonder woman for what well not even the first few minutes because the first few minutes is a flashback scene of the uh, themiscarian olympics or whatever yeah the feminist olympics is more like yeah. it but either way and then then you get a brief scene of her in the mall in 1984 and then you don't see wonder woman again for an hour and a half almost yeah but I can't even say the most ridiculous part of it because there are so many parts of it that are fucking ridiculous. Right. But one of the most ridiculous parts in it is she's literally like thinking to herself that she wished Steve, who was Chris Pine from the previous movie that was alive in 1918, was still here. And then he is just poof. He fucking appears at a dinner party. Magic rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's a magic stupid. crystal. That they found, I don't know. It's it's just any. Here's the thing, it's not him. It's basically his soul in another man's body, who literally what what the movie does a very bad job of explaining is that while we see Chris Pine on on screen, mm -hmm. everybody else around sees the dude that just went away mm -hmm. and Chris Pine, Steve now basically has taken over his body. Yeah. And they don't really explain that very well. If you're not like paying super close attention. So they not initially, but they do. Right. Like the scene at the dude's apartment and he's looking in the mirror. And yeah. It's but it's still guy. very poorly done. Like literally just all of a sudden he appears <laughs> and says a word and Diana's like, Oh my God, you're Steve. The re that reveals really poor because he shows up as the other guy's face and he's like, Diana, I don't want to talk to you, Diana. And then, yeah. then he said something. Uh, I can say, I can, I can save today, but you can save the world. And then the camera, like they're standing right in front of each and other. It does the and rotation it, thing. And, and then it's the face change. Yeah. Yeah. Initially I'm like, wait, I don't get it. And it wasn't until later on that it explains what it is, but yeah. it's still just fucking dumb. Yeah. And and the whole thing with Cheetah, which I can't even call her Cheetah because they don't even refer to her as Cheetah in the goddamn movie. She's Barbara, which is Kristen Wiig, who to me was was a bright spot. She was really good. But a little over the top on the nerd stuff in yeah, the beginning, unfortunately. But, okay, but here's my question. This guy grants... The, so the main bad, other than Cheetah, is, of course, Pedro Pascal, mm -hmm. who did pretty good. I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. But Get this rock that was created, spoiler alerts, all right, you're going to get a bunch of them, but you're welcome because don't watch this piece of shit. Yeah. Um, 
he gets this rock that was created by the god of lies, I believe. Yeah, the god of lies. Didn't know there was one. Thought that was Loki, but whatever. Uh, that will grant you a wish. But here's the catch: when it grants you that wish, it takes away something. Something very important to you. Something very important to you. So Diana, i.e. Wonder Woman, wishes that this guy that she spent like a fucking month with back in 1918, she wishes that he were still around because she loved him. And meanwhile, he comes back, although it's not him, but it is him. And another man's body is just a soul. And fuck this guy whose body took over. He's now dead. They don't really explain to that. Like, what does this guy think? You know what I mean? When he comes back. Right. When he wakes up a fucking few days later. Yeah. How do you not check yourself into a fucking mental institution? Yeah. Was he subconsciously there and like seeing everything that this Maybe son that's... of a bitch was putting him through? Or... Yeah. Which is weird because that's the way the movie ends is Diana's it's snowing and you know kids are playing it's a beautiful scene and then that dude just walks up just happens to be there and and talks to her and, and it leads you to believe because throughout the whole thing diane's like i'll never love anybody but him and blah 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 and he's like you find somebody and then at the end like you said it, after the the big fight or whatever she happens to run into this guy coincidentally yeah and it leads you to believe that Oh, hey, maybe she could be with this guy because she's already been with him. It just wasn't him. But yeah, I mean, he got yeah. some Gail Godot pussy and he didn't even know it. That'd be the worst. I know, right? <laughs> Tell me that after the fact. I'm going to fucking kill myself. I don't even remember. What would be even worse is you Although waste I've, a wish. I've had a lot of sex that I didn't fucking remember. So <laughs> maybe it wouldn't be so bad. What would be even worse is holding a magic rock, not knowing it's a magic rock, and sarcastically wishing for a cup of coffee, and that's your big wish. You get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And so, okay, back to Pedro Pascal. He His big wish is that he becomes the rock. And so basically he the rock like just fucking disappears, and now he is the wish master. I don't even know the, that's his official name. but No, wish master was a movie. Yeah, whatever. Probably better than Wonder Woman eighty four. So anyway, yeah, he his big thing is in order to keep his powers, he has to have people wish for it, and that's the big diabolical plot is to grant everybody in the world their wish, meanwhile taking something from them, thus creating a just apocalyptic global apocalypse. And, And here's the other major fucking plot hole that I didn't like about it. Everybody else, mm-hmm. when they made their wish, instantly got the bad. Yeah. Which that's what caused the shit show. Mm-hmm. Diana got what she wanted, and and her loss was her powers. Right. But she didn't lose her powers. She just got a little weaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't go... It wasn't a full-blown Superman 2, walk in the chamber, walk out the chamber... She just was a little weaker to the point where she got her ass kicked by Barbara slash Cheetah. And she also, after making the wish and her powers are weakened, she made a jet invisible yes. that she had never done before. Yeah. She just vaguely remembered, oh, yeah, I know my dad made Themyscira invisible. I've been trying to do it. I did yeah. it with a coffee cup once, but I lost it. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm going to turn this fighter jet invisible. Yeah, this fighter jet just does it. Which is a callback to the, you know, the old 
Invisible uh, Jet, yeah. The Invisible Jet and the Super Friends and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It just... Just stupid. Yeah. Completely fucking stupid. So then we go and and it becomes known that the only way to fix all this is to renounce your wish. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's there's no you just say I renounce my wish. And it yeah. all just goes away. Question. If the whole rock if the whole point of that God making the rock is it it takes something from you, why did why would it give you the ability to renounce your wish? Because if the the payment is worth more than the wish, everyone's just going to renounce their wish, right? Yeah, or most people well, will. Yeah, why wouldn't you? So what's why even have that as an option? Yeah, no, it's yeah. And here's the other thing, and I literally fell asleep during the movie twice. I had to go oh, back wow. and rewatch it. But here's the other thing that I thought I watched every bit of it, but I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. How the fuck did she turn into a cheetah? She was Barbara, dressed in the funky clothes all of a sudden. Next thing you know, she's leaping into the fight, full-blown, like, cat's regalia. Looked like she just jumped off of one movie set into the other. Did you did you see the scene where her and Oscar, after the big fight, with the first fight with Diana, they leave, and it's basically, okay, cheetah, I guess, is my bodyguard now, and he tells her, I'll give you another wish because I'm feeling generous. And she wishes to become an apex predator, like the top bad motherfucker on the planet. And that that scene is what made me think, okay, that's why okay, now then, she's a cheat. Yeah, then, then I missed that. But okay. it's still, there's no real context in the scene itself. She's she's Barbara, and then next thing you know, she's Why Why fucking... would she get a second wish anyway? That's that was something else I had. A pro- Why would she gets she gets the double dip on wishes? You're supposed to only get one wish. Uh, that's some good pussy. Well, but boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> See what but I did there? Yeah, I got it. But it still doesn't make sense. No, yeah. Even if none he of is it the stone, makes sense. None yeah. whatsoever. Um, something else. I didn't even sort of put it together while I was watching it until I watched another review and they said it. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. The obvious political statement, the the yuppie with the comb over hair standing in front of the presidential seal yelling crazy things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. definitely. And it, well, I mean, it's Patty Jenkins, so. Yeah. Girl power. N- n- no, it's not what I'm referring to. Well, I just. A knock on. Yeah. Uh, Trump, okay. Yeah, well, I was... but, I mean, typically most. Especially liberal women slash feminists fucking hate Donald Trump. Right. So any way that they can make him look bad, but right, right. but yeah, I definitely. Caught but on that's that. pretty low on the the rung of problems with that movie. That movie though, well, um, there's so many it's hard to list them all. And then all of a sudden, Diana gets her ass handed to her by Barbara, and literally just runs away screaming and starts lassoing the fucking nothing, and that leads to her figuring out that she can fly. I didn't get that either because that same review, I had it on while when you came and picked me up. I don't know if they talked about it while you were there. Or or maybe that was her slowly gaining her full powers back. Well, yeah, it was because the way I interpreted that is when she kisses him goodbye, she walks away and says, I renounce my wish. She's all bruised and scarred and she can barely walk. 
and then she starts running and the bruises and marks go away and then she starts to fly. Yeah. Well, she no, she fucking lassos nothing and goes up and keeps lassoing and then eventually she just puts the rope away and flies. Right. And then but, shows up as the fucking golden eagle. But the review I was watching though, one of the guys said he interpreted interpreted it that she didn't get her powers back until that fight when Cheetah like rips the wings off of the armor off her suit and I'm like I don't think so because like I said she runs away from Steve and like she starts yeah. running super fast like that's what I interpreted as th- her yeah, powers Yeah, she had back. her powers back. She just I don't know had to have a reason to break out the golden armor that she talked about earlier which yeah. again was really kind of stupid. Yeah. And yeah, that didn't need to be in the movie and yeah, it's two and a half hours long. It did not need to be two and a half hours no, long. No, like it the, did not need to be a minute because it was fucking horrible. There's a good movie in within that movie. I'm not even sure that there is. What at what point? The concept's interesting. the The fact that it's okay, you're not. It, it's a superhero movie that doesn't end in a fist fight. Like that's that's cool. That's unique. No, but but, the but climax again, to that is stupid too. Yeah. The the guy feels bad because he f- figures out that he's a shitty father, so he renounces his wish, and literally the world goes from about to end to hey, everything's cool again. Yeah, you'd need every person on the planet that made a wish to renounce their wish, right. and that's not going to happen. No, there's some motherfuckers that stupid. like wish to be rich. Like, uh-uh, fuck you. Uh, I don't need my sibling or whatever. You know, Take the bad. I'll be rich. Right. But no, because she puts the lasso of truth around his legs, he inspires the world to renounce their wish and make the world go back to where it was. Right. It's just, it is dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you not, nobody will ever convince me that that movie was better than Batman V Superman. As, as many plot holes as Batman and Superman had and parts that just made you scratch your head. You know what you saw in Batman and Superman? Batman and Superman. Batman and fucking yeah. Superman. Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman, I bet had, Less than 20 minutes of actual screen time of of superhero action. I bet it's close. I don't know. That third, that last climax between okay, the Cheetah may, fight and Maybe then... a half hour. Okay. Maybe a half hour because you had uh, the very quick scene at the beginning at the, the bank slash mall, whatever it was. Did you like that scene? Because I actually did. Yeah, it was okay. It was, it's it kind of was... campy and fun. I, I kind of yeah. liked it, yeah. Um, and then... Richard Donner-ish. Yeah, then yeah. she had the, the desert car chase scene and then basically the end where she's in the golden armor and everything. But yeah, for was... sure. Those kids died when she swung him out of the way and then rolled like four times. Right. Yeah. 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 Holding two kids in one arm, dodging what, a fucking tank yeah. or something like that on the road at like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. The, but the kids are okay because her one little arm protected them. Yeah. No. And just the way she swung and, Grab them both yeah. was was pretty cheesy, the, the, and that was the special effects. Some of them were really bad, really yeah. bad for for a movie made in two thousand. I think they made it in two thousand eighteen slash nineteen, and the technology that we have today, they were really bad, really, really, really bad. Yeah, that whole I had heard too that because this movie basically has two possible opening scenes. There's the mall scene that we talked about where. Um, the robbers steal artifacts, including the the wishy rock, the wishy rock, and Wonder Woman stops it and breaks it up. 
Um, and then there's a scene before that, which is, you know, the feminist Olympics, as we're referring to them as, <laughs> yeah. where Diana cheats and she's about to win. And Robin Wright, who I think is her aunt or whatever, stops yeah, her and her gives aunt. this speech about, you know, the truth being important or, you know, don't yeah. the whole message was don't lie. The truth will set you free, basically. That scene is, I guess, is like 18 minutes. And Warner Brothers actually told her, cut one of those two scenes. It, it was pretty long. I know that. Yeah, 18 minutes is a that's a decent chunk of your movie that literally other than that little speech yeah serves no purpose yeah like, you could have yeah there, we didn't need to see the entire fucking little re, re uh, competition yeah relay or whatever you want to call it yeah obstacle course whatever yeah we didn't need to see the whole thing to get to the point of you could cut it in half at least open the movie in the middle of it. Yeah. And honestly, we didn't even need the whole fucking thing at all. You could have, you know, it was just long and drawn out. And look, I know Patty Jenkins has done some really good things with her career. Wonder woman. 84 is not one of them. No, it's just, I'm sorry. It's a fucking horrible movie. And I was so mad that you didn't watch it. And I'm honestly disappointed that we agree because I wanted to argue, but kind of hard to. You make. really thought I'd like it? No, I knew, uh, but again, it would have made for a more spirited debate. But yeah, the movie sucked. Right, it sucked out loud, and for as bad as the DC universe has been in films, this did not do it any favors. No. So, Flashpoint, it's fucking up to you to yeah. to reset this bullshit. And speaking of which, uh, I'll get to. Remind me of that point that I'm going to make about that. The other thing is kind of a plot hole is so Wonder Woman was around in 1918, Mm -hmm. but then in Justice League or maybe it was even Batman V. I think it was Batman V Superman. Yeah. She's like been unheard of by anybody since 1918. But yet here she was in 1984 fucking swinging around a mall somewhere in America. Saving the world. Yeah. And say, yeah, exactly. But yet nobody, had, you know, Bruce Wayne, who had been around 35, 40 years, didn't know who she was. And she's got the same name. She's yeah. still fucking Diana Prince. Like, it just huge plot hole. Right. Bad movie. Yeah. Like, literally, in my opinion, as far as major superhero movies, worst one ever. No. Of the last 10 years, 15 years, whatever, it's the worst one in my opinion, boring. I mean, it's the Wolverine or not the Wolverine X-Men origins Wolverine. But at least that granted the ending was kind of silly and stupid, but it still wasn't a bad movie. Yeah, it was. You haven't seen it in a while. Well, refresh. What's so bad about it? What's, yeah, like, I mean, what makes it a worse movie than Wonder Woman eighty four? Well, if you want to talk about effects, the effects in that one are fucking dog shit. Well, yeah, but it was also what ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I know, but even for ten years ago, it was even worse. Yeah, but I just mean the actual movie, right? It's been a the while story, since the story, the action, the well, you know. they ruined Deadpool. There's that they did, but they they fixed that. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, that to me that was. By by far the biggest criminal element of that movie was you took right. 
one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Universe and basically shit all over him. But right. other than that, the, the story of his origin and how everything came to be. and I've tried to block it out because like I said, it was still more way time. more entertaining than Wolverine or than Wonder Woman, without a doubt. Was there some bad parts in it? Yeah. Was it a classic? No, it wasn't. Same thing with Batman v Superman. But at least there was action in it. Had some glaring plot holes and a very shitty villain actor. Yes. But entertainment value, it was more entertaining, more action than Wonder Woman 84. Okay. Um, and, and like I said, yeah, Supergirl back in the whenever that was, late 80s, 80s early yeah. 90s. Yeah, it was horrible. There's been some bad superhero movies. But as far as in this Fan day, four stick. There huh? we go. Fan four stick. Fan four stick. Fantastic Four. The last one, yeah. Well, they're all bad. Well, I know <laughs> all the but... fan. Yeah, I. You're right. I'll put those in okay. there too. They were bad, okay. but yeah, this is definitely on the the low end of the spectrum when it comes to the superhero movies that have yeah. come out in the last twenty years. Yeah, I think the third one because it's already been confirmed there is going to be a third one. Um, don't let Patty Jenkins write it. Oh, she's already in. Well, don't let I don't her know write about it. writing. Don't let her write it. She's already in as the director. Like, that's fucking iron. That's, iron I'm cool clad. with that because, yeah. I mean, she directed the last one. The last one was fucking great, but, yeah, she she can't write. And then the other thing, movie. and I, I, I was thinking this after I watched it, and then I even saw the two guys you were watching when I picked you up. Why, why, did, why was it set in 1984? I don't know. I, it literally serves no purpose. They could have made that movie and have it be after Justice League or even right before Justice League. The fact that it was set in 1984 was basically just an excuse to put in some, and not many, some 80s references and, and crazy outfits and everything. Other than that, there was... The nuclear n- thing, I think. That would be why, because... Yeah, but I mean, you Reagan, could do that now. I mean, Reagan wishes for more nukes. To fight off the Ruskies and the Ruskies do, but the again, same thing. it it yeah. wasn't plot centric. Like I mean, it was kind of a side piece to what. Well, you know, I mean, that's the biggest. Wishing. But again, there are so many you could have done that in today's age. Iran, yeah, you, could, you know, Iran wishes for more North Korea. You could yeah. literally plug any of our sure, you know, adversaries in this country, and it would have worked. The, the fact that it was in eighty four. It just didn't make any sense. Like, yes. there was no need for it to be set in 1984 other than to... See Steve in some ridiculous 80s outfits. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think they made it in 1984 so that, like, I don't know, Patty Jenkins' cousins with the wardrobe person or whatever, and they could put together some cool 80s outfits. But other than that, it literally served no purpose, no part of the plot. Right. Um, and then, before I get off of this... There was the you did watch the post credits I did or mid credit scene I should say pointless but I liked it yeah it was a, it was a cool callback to Linda Carter who uh, appears basically again spoilers but don't care don't waste your time in the movie uh, the story behind the golden armor is that this Amazon warrior named Asteria used the armor which was pieces of armor from all the other Amazons that they turned into this. I didn't even realize that until you just said it. Yeah. I didn't either until after the fact. Yeah. She tells a brief story about how many years ago there was this Amazon warrior that had to fight off 
the world. Ba- yeah, basically the world of evil men. And all of the Amazons gave pieces of their armor, and it formed this giant golden eagle, and she held off the entire army so that the rest of the Amazons could escape to... Themyscira. That's it. And that's the armor that Wonder Woman wears at the end. So cut to the mid credit scene. You see this woman walking through like a county fair, marketplace, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And long, dark hair. And at first you think, okay, that's Wonder Woman. And this giant pole starts to fall and it's just about to crush this little baby in a carriage, which, yeah, that's cool. And the chick's arm catches the pole and she just hands it off to two dudes and keeps walking. And the mother's like, oh, I have to thank you. And she turns around and it's Linda Carter, Mm. who was Wonder Woman in the 70s for the two seasons that it was on. And she's like, how did you do that? And she says a line that, Wonder Woman said earlier in the movie mm. about just a simple shift in weight and balance. Yeah. And then she's like, I've been doing this for a very long time, which is a, a callback to the Asteria story mm-hmm. and also a callback to her being Wonder Woman in the seventies. Although her telling that mother, that is so weird. Right. Movies do that all the time where it's like, why would that character ever say that to that? other character yeah like i said you're saying it to the audience obviously yeah Yeah. and and it's actually the third inclination of linda carter appearing in the what has now already been established and will further be established coming up in the extended like dc multiverse Mm -hmm. because while she was not in the cw flash arrowverse series Mm -hmm. there was a small comic series that tied into their uh, crisis on infinite earth thing. Yeah. And it, it alluded to earth 76, which was the Linda Carter wonder woman. And Linda Carter also played the president in Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So Linda Carter has been around the, the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Now that brings me to, um, Real quick before you do that, what do you like about the movie? There are things like I said, I like the mall scene. I mean, I the mall scene was really was, cool. was was kind of neat. Yeah, um, um, I mean, even though it makes no sense, Gal Gadot is is pretty easy on the eyes. I'll, I'll give her, you know, gosh, yeah, yeah, she is. Um, Kristen Wiig is pretty easy on the eyes in most parts of this movie. Yeah, as well. when when she kind of. Takes a turn evil. She's got that kind of dirty, sexy look about her. Uh, by, by the way, I didn't understand that either. She makes the wish, and then the next day she just wakes up in the office, and what, she takes her pants off and lowers her long shirt, and now she's hot. <laughs> like, yeah. That was basically it. Yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I just... How many times are they going to do that storyline? Oh, this is, chick's a nerd. Oh, my God, she took her glasses off. Yeah. She's fucking hot. Yeah. Like, Catwoman. Yeah. In Batman Returns, the same thing with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. She gets scratched up by a cat, and next thing you know, she takes her glasses off, and she's super hot and sexy. And she was just this complete geeked out nerdy bitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I just, I mean, honestly, I nothing. Nothing stands out to me as like, uh, nothing makes me want to watch that movie again. Not anything. I want to watch it again maybe see more plot holes or whatever although i still haven't seen rise of skywalker so probably not i, I can't 
I can't sit through it. I just the scene, the scene with the the jet when they're flying through the fireworks. Even though Steve Trevor would have known about fireworks, obviously he wouldn't have been. What are what are what is that? When they see the fireworks, fireworks were invented when before he was alive. He knows fireworks exist. He wouldn't have been surprised that fireworks. You know, probably well not to that degree though. Well, sure, but I mean they were probably like firecrackers and stuff. But I doubt they were firing mortars that exploded into a fucking kaleidoscope of colors. Yeah. But um, but here's you want to talk plot holes. The jet is literally flying right through the fireworks. That would bring it down. Yeah. Because this wasn't a magical super jet from fucking Amazonia or wherever the fuck she's from. This was just a regular fighter jet. And if it's flying through all of those, those are mortar shells that exploded into fucking colorful gunpowder. The jet engines would suck that stuff in and the jet would literally fucking explode in midair. Right. Steve wouldn't have been able to fly it anyway. And that's the other thing. Yeah. This was a fucking pilot from 1918 with planes were, were what? Pretty simple. I well, not only that, that, but I mean, they were only like 30 years old, something yeah. like that. I don't remember when the Wright brothers flew, but it wasn't, you know, planes were still relatively new technology. And you're telling me this guy who hasn't flown a plane since 1918 can get into well, an 80s fighter jet. Yeah, yeah. it's probably an F. I don't even know, but yeah. It was a fucking 80s fighter jet. And he gets in, he's like, uh, uh. He does, oh, he does oh, at least pause go. for a second. Yeah. There's that, but that's not yeah, enough. It, it, it literally yeah. took him like 19 seconds to figure out how to turn this fighter jet on and fly it like he'd been flying it his entire life and navigates it through a fucking fireworks storm with nary a problem. Yeah. It would have looked cool on the big screen, though. All while the jet is invisible, so you can't see what the fuck's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. Right. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Patty Jenkins, you owe me fucking two hours and 31 minutes of my fucking life back. That movie was fucking horrible. Gal Gadot? We're good. Let's bang it out. But <laughs> yeah, just huge disappointment. Now, that brings me back to this. Did you see the news? We have Flashpoint that's coming. Mm-hmm. The movie. Right. Which... As a DC fan, my entire life, Warner Brothers, this is, are you listening? This is your shot. You can make it all better with the Flashpoint movie and hit the reset button and start this fucking shit show all over again. Because while I've liked them, and most people don't like the DC movies because they are bad, but I'm a fanboy. But this is your chance to make it all better. You're never going to match what Marvel has done. No. But you can at least hit the reset button and say, look, we acknowledge that we fucked up. Mm -hmm. But the Flash is going to save the day, go back in time and make the multiverse. And then we can bring in the right characters and some not so stupid storylines and make it all better. And a plan. Yes. Yes. Have one movie lead to the other. Yes. Yeah. you guys have been copying off each other literally since both of you existed, DC and Marvel. So DC, it's your turn. Copy off of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Don't try and cram the entire fucking comic universe into one movie. Slowly build it up. We'll watch the next, the generations growing up now we'll watch. Mm -hmm. But you, if you don't get us, the diehards, 
it's going to die. And that's basically what's happened with DC. The, the people that are diehards have basically seen that it's not a very good product and we're not going to invest a lot of time and money in it. But if you get everybody invested and make good movies and give us something to look forward to, i.e. the upcoming movies, it's all going to be better. And Flashpoint is your chance. And one of the things that they have now, I don't know if they made an official announcement, but it's kind of been announced without being announced. Mm -hmm. We already know Ben Affleck's going to be in it as Batman. Mm -hmm. And we know Michael Keaton's going to be in it as Batman. Mm -hmm. I read that the plan coming out of it is Mm -hmm. Michael Keaton is going to return and be the Batman of the DCEU. To the point where he's going to get a movie, a, another movies. Oh, really? Their plan is there will be two separate Batman trilogies going on. One being, I'm fighting a cramp. Sorry. Oh, that's why I just made that weird look. So the Robert Pattinson thing is supposed to be a, a trilogy type thing, mm-hmm. and like the Christian Bale thing. And I'm I'm still in on that. The the trailer looked good. Yeah, I'm really hoping I don't fuck it up. Mm. But supposedly because of this Flashpoint thing. Whatever is going to end up happening, Michael Keaton is basically going to be left as the Batman that going forward in the DCEU. Mm. And and it's Ben Affleck's way out, I guess, of what's going on. So not sure how I feel about Michael Keaton. I mean, I love him. He was a great, if not the best Batman. I mean, him and Christian Bale, neck and neck maybe. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he is... Fucking what, seventy something? Uh, that's what I'm looking at. He's right gotta be now. up there. I mean, he's definitely in his sixties. Oh, for sure in his sixties. Uh guess. Guess? Guess. Well, he was Mr. Mom, and that was in the early eighties. <clears throat> and he had to have been in his mid to late twenties, if not early thirties there. I'm gonna say he's seventy two. 32. No, I'm kidding. 69. Okay, so that's close. So, yeah. While I like Michael Keaton, I'm not sure they can count on him for a trilogy of movies, which, I mean, you're talking at least five to six years of of filmmaking there to pump out three movies unless they do the whole year and a half of filming and just get it all on film and then slowly break it out into the, the movies. Right. Um. But well, I searched Michael Keaton to see his age. First thing that comes up is Michael Keaton, the new Batman question mark. Not so fast. OK, well, I just said I read it. I know. But apparently the guy who read it or read it, wrote it, wrote it, uh, has clarified saying that Keaton will be in one film. I take back everything I just said. I was going to say, I, I hate to do it the to art, you. But... The article that I read said that their plan was they got the Robert Pattinson thing going and then the Michael Keaton thing. Um, so, I mean, I wonder right. if... Uh, ow, 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 ow. I keep my legs straight so I don't cramp up. Um, I think Nicole's got some Midol in there, if it'll help. Hmm. So, <laughs> fucking dude. <laughs> um, uh, God damn it, you put me on my track. I wonder if... Instead of copying the Marvel theory of let's build a universe and have one story fill into the other, what if they just say, fuck it, we're just going to do each movie individually and they're, they don't tie in at all and they're their own concentrated story? Because they've kind of done that already with the Joker. That's its own thing. Yeah, I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but 
Marvel doing what they did so well as like that's raised everybody's expectations. Like yeah. oh, we want to, you know, we want all these heroes to exist together like they do in the comics. You know, I mean, it's well, I'm I'm even talking like you could even do just hey, just here's a here's a Justice League movie. Oh, I agree. And it's just isolated in itself. I agree, and that's why it, I've I got so caught up in Cobra Kai and all this other stuff. I've I've been behind. But I, that's why I love The Flash. I'm only, I'm in, coming up on the end of season two, but there's so many characters in there and heroes. And now that they've got the multiverse going, we've got different versions of The Flash mm-hmm. and Supergirl. And eventually um, they bring in, I think Superman makes an appearance. Funny thing is, is Brandon Ruth, Routh, Roth is in, is in uh, that series. Mm-hmm. I think he's, a part of the Arrow show, but mm-hmm. he's been in a couple of the Flash episodes as Adam. Yeah. And it's it, his suit's even blue and red, and now they got Supergirl in there. It's just kind of funny that they bring a guy back that played Superman in one of the worst Superman movies of all time, mm-hmm. but he's a superhero again in the Arrowverse. And, um, but yeah, it's been really good. And it even will tie into this Ezra Miller's version of Flashpoint coming up whenever they decide to release that but but yeah it's just i wish they could get it right mm-hmm. the way marvel did without putting together just a convoluted mess which is basically what happened with their two movie justice league build-up when that literally could have been five or six movies of build-up to get to that point when introducing you could have had the flash before you know to see how he became what he became we got a good Wonder Woman movie, but Batman v Superman was pretty piss poor. I liked it. Hmm. There are plot holes. We've acknowledged that. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate Justice League. I thought it was decent, but it could have been so much better because hmm. the, the actors, the people that they got to play the heroes all did really good jobs. They just didn't really have a great story and, and great storytelling and build up to produce those results. So, hmm. Is what it is. We'll see what happens. And uh, I think we're at our longest show ever. Right on. Pushing the old two-hour mark here. Real quick before we wrap it up. <clears throat> Last week, I recommended a movie to you. I don't know how. Oh, we're talking about Shane Black. That's right. Because you are talking about Die Hard, and I asked about Lethal Weapon. Is that a Christmas movie? And you said no, and I got your reasoning. And I, The reason I brought it up is because Shane Black likes putting a, a lot of his movies take place during Christmas time. And that segmented me to thinking about the movie The Nice Guys, which I, you know, yeah. watch a trailer for or whatever. Random as hell. It's on Hulu right now. I recommend you watch it. I recommend our audience watches it if they haven't seen Hulu or they haven't seen Hulu. They haven't seen The Nice Guys and you have Hulu. I highly recommend it. It's a fun, buddy action movie. It's fucking hilarious. And yeah. who's in that again? It's, um,. Russell Crowe and... Ryan Gosling. There we go. Yeah, Jake, fuck you, by the way. What? Oh, he sent me a text after he listened to the last show. The Notebook. Yep, yeah. exactly. And like, look... It's his most famous role. You don't have to see the movie to know he's fucking in it. So, so Brokeback Mountain, I, it was Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. And, and I've never seen a minute of it, but I no. know who was in it. All right. So, I'm sure I'll get shit about that at Trivia this week. Ah, uh, fucking Whatever. Anyway, yeah, I think uh, that'll wrap it up. When are you off? Other than potentially, oh no, Friday. S- mm, might 
I don't know. Might come up with some content for Friday. If not, we'll be back next week. I, I was actually just thinking that. Well, I won't put you on the spot. Let's end the show, and then we'll talk about that after the fact. Oh, all right, then. All right. Yep, that's going to wrap it up for episode number 40. We will see you next time. Dylan. Bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye.